Hello everyone, welcome to Tea Time Reports. I'm Trevor here and I got Caden and we're actually introducing and doing kind of a ballad type of episode for his brother Danny. Um, Caden, if you wanted to introduce yeah. Danny here. So, uh, my brother Danny and uh, you played a little bit of uh, baseball, we'll probably touch on that. You're also a big college football fan, I know that. And uh, really just going to talk about just some life experiences, so you want to introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm Danny. Uh, yeah, I've been big into sports. You know, I played baseball growing up. Uh, played football for six years. Uh, kind of stopped right before high school to focus more on my baseball career, mm-hmm. uh, which ended up being a pretty smart decision in my opinion. But we'll cover that. Um, yeah, and then I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, so, you know, Southern sports, especially college football, is huge. Definitely. Yeah, SEC and all that yeah. stuff. Um, where are you from? Like, where are you uh, from? I was born up in Delaware, Dover, okay. Delaware. Um, lived there for six years, almost seven years. Um, and then I've lived in Knoxville, Tennessee ever since. What's it like from, like, that change, like, northeast to kind of, like, the south? Um, you know? It was, I mean, it's, it's a big change. I mean, obviously, the uh, geographic regions are different. You know, you go from... The East Coast to Mountain, kind of Smoky Mountains area. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I was young, so I mean, I, was, I really just played like t-ball, you know, soccer. Yeah. Just yeah. So, you know, all your young kids exactly, sports and everything. Yeah. Um, but then when I got to Tennessee, I, I graduated into coach pitch baseball. Um, played that for years. That was the only sport I played. Um, and just, you know, made friends here and there. And what? I, obviously, you're a big sports person. What was your favorite position to play in baseball? That's a good question. So, I ended up being better at one than the other, but my favorite position was outfield. Okay. Um, I ended up being a pitcher later in my career, uh, but outfield was, it was just fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, get to make, you know, those highlight plays and all that stuff. Definitely. Uh, Hit dingers. Yeah. Hit dingers. Yeah. Pitching is fun, though. I mean, the, the game's in your hands. I mean, you are controlling the whole game. Yeah. Um, but, you know, outfield was, was, it, was it was just more exciting. You could make electric plays. Pitching is like one of the toughest positions in sports like all over the world I feel like you have to have a good arsenal of pitches and have to be able to contort your whole body not like we were talking to one of our friends and he was talking about how no movement in baseball is natural no so like you were just destroying your body over time um but what was it like pitching like what was your favorite pitch that you had um well so I didn't throw very hard I'm only you know 5'8 in high school I think I was 5'8 170 pounds I mean I was never big Mm. Um, but so I mean my fastball topped at 82 max uh, so I lived on off speed that okay. was that was my, bre- my bread and butter um, so I, I change up mm. change up was my most effective pitch yeah um, I could really throw the ball wherever I wanted to um, so because I didn't throw very hard yeah I relied on control you know I couldn't just throw it somewhere around the strike zone it's so fast someone just swings at it so you would say your accuracy was like your best yeah, that was my backbone yeah okay for that so i mean going through you know i, I played a lot of football growing up yeah. and you know, i did play a lot of baseball and you're just getting into some different sports like soccer and mma and stuff like that mm-hmm. and you know i never really again i didn't play like those sports or two sports growing up i only i really focused on football what was it like this the change between you know playing baseball and playing football um, it wasn't too much on the aspect of, you know, obviously you're continuing to just go from one sport to the next. Because, yeah, you know, baseball yeah. ran from spring to fall, and, and then football, football is kind of overlaps yeah. in the end of baseball and then runs throughout the winter and, you know, early of the next year. 
Oh, yeah. Um, wasn't too much other than the fact that I didn't necessarily re- really get an off season. Maybe mm. February and March was, you know, kind of a little bit off season, but um, once so, I started getting into middle school sports and all that, um, you know, I guess junior high, kind of depending on where you're at, but yeah. um, not much of an off season. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'd be, I'd miss the first few weeks of football practice, finishing up the baseball season. Man, so you um, had like little rest during the year. Yeah, yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, but it wasn't terrible. And like I said, as I got older, I just, baseball was my passion. And so when I got up to high school, you know, that's when it starts getting serious. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when, you know, college people can start looking at you and everything. And yeah. Obviously, unless you're like some child prodigy or anything like that, yeah, you know, yeah. they catch you earlier. But uh, baseball was what I wanted to do. So I didn't want to play uh, football and potentially get injured and risk my mm-hmm. future in baseball. Yeah. Potentially both sports, yeah, you know. Exactly. Um, so I, in my head, I felt like I needed to choose one. Uh, looking back on it, I think that was a good decision. Uh, I do miss football. You know, yeah. I wish I, I would have played it in high school. But yeah. for the longevity of my baseball career, I think it was good. And I do know that you played a little bit of college ball. You went to college to play a little bit of baseball. Yeah. How, how did that end up? Um, so, yeah, so I didn't really get – I didn't throw hard. You know, it's the appeal from in high school to college coaches is velocity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, guys that are throwing upper 80s, low 90s. Basically anything 87 plus is going to turn heads. Okay. Um, and I wasn't quite there yet, so I had to dig here and there, kind of use my high school coach. He was you know, great for me, and he had a lot of connections in the East Tennessee region. Um, so I kind of talked with him for a little bit, and he's like, you know, where do you want to play? And I mentioned this one junior college, Walter State, up in Morristown, Tennessee, and their perennial top ten in the nation junior college teams. Oh, wow. Um, and he looked straight, looked up me straight in the eye and said, you don't throw hard enough. Mm-hmm. He goes, I think you're good enough. He said, you just don't throw hard enough. They're not going to look at you. And so that kind of, we hit the drawing board on that one. What did you do to, like, get into college football? Because you said velocity was, like, a yeah. big draw. Like, what were your, like, training, um, like, methods to improve your game? Uh, long toss is a big one. You know, you, you long toss, obviously, you, know, you work your way trying to throw – Eight to ten pitch or eight to ten throws, as long as far as you can, mm. and then you work it back in because obviously if you go more than that, you can start straining your arm and thing. But realistically, the goal is to throw foul pole to foul pole across okay. the whole outfield, which I mean is very far. Yeah, um, most people can't, but you just just trying to get there. Um, and so just doing that, maybe I gain you know one to two mile an hour on the fastball, but it was. I mean, like I said, my high school coach, he found a college. It was Cleveland State Community College in Cleveland, Tennessee, mm. about half an hour north of Chattanooga. Um, the coaches there, they my, – my head coach in high school reached out to them. They came down and watched a few games. Um, and then actually went down and did like a – almost like a pro day type workout mm. with a few other guys from around the region. Um, we went down there and like two days later I was actually at the um, – our girls' volleyball team was in the state tournament, and we went to the state championship game, and I got a call from one of the coaches while I was there huh. and, uh, you know, offered me a spot. He, uh, he's like, you know, we don't have, really have any money for you. I mean, I wasn't scholarship good. Um, so I was good enough to play, but not scholarship good. And so he's like, you know, we don't have any money for you, but, you know, Tennessee does this cool thing where you can get two free years of community college um, straight out of high school. So I was able to go to school for free but also, you know, play sports. So it, it ended up working out. And you used, what did you go to school for other than just sports? What did you um, So I, I was in school to originally to do finance. 
Uh-huh. I wanted to do that. As I got into it, I almost got too far into it to the point where I was like, I don't necessarily want to do this. Um, so I kind of backed out. But a big thing that kind of ruined the momentum with school was uh, when I ended up leaving the sport mm-hmm. uh, and moving back home. And what made you leave the sport? Uh, so I, I went down there, and you know, Cleveland's not a busy town. I mean, it's a s- small little town outside of Chattanooga, really. Yeah. Uh, not much to do there. Uh, I wasn't 21. I couldn't go down to Chattanooga and do any of the bars or anything <laughs> like that. Um, so it was just it was boring. I was yeah. an hour away from home. I had a buddy that I grew up playing travel baseball with uh, that was my roommate. So, I mean, I knew someone there. Yeah. Uh, but it just... It just didn't feel right, and then, you know, I kind of stuck with it. I'm like, you know, this is just a stepping stone to maybe a Division One program or something like that, something better. Yeah. And uh, I didn't realize the uh, throwing technique, or not throwing technique, like the programs that in college, the throwing programs is a whole lot more intense than high school, and that did number on my arm. Mm. Uh, and I basically got diagnosed with a. Uh, tennis elbow, a partially torn UCL, uh, which your UCL, if anyone knows, is at your uh, ulnar collateral lig- ligament, and that is when you tear that, that's Tommy John surgery. That's, that's pretty much what makes your entire arm move. Yeah. So your throwing motion was kaput after that. In a yeah, sense. it was. It, yeah, I mean, I I was shut down for weeks, and being shut down for weeks took a toll on me mentally, and I just I ended up falling out of love with the sport. Um, and all that, and it just it got to a point where you, you I want to come home. You see a lot of athletes, especially you know guys that are just playing the sport their entire life, and they get injured. It just it's a big like halt in their careers. Yeah, and it's just I know that that could have um, that, that definitely took a toll on you. So I mean, again, you see you see a bunch of guys just completely leaving the sport whenever they get injured, you know major injuries like that. Yeah, it it definitely takes a mental toll on you. What would you say to Maybe the people that, or the young athletes out there that are going through a similar situation to where, like, they are injured yeah. and they, you know, sadly can't continue their passion. Like, what would you say to those people? Um, your journey in the sport might be over, but it, it gets better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I looked at it as, you know, some people have gone through what I've gone through. Some people have gone through worse than what I've gone through. Yeah. Um, I didn't necessarily have to quit. Yeah. But I just got to the point where I stopped loving the game. And I, to me, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm away from home. I want to come home. Yeah. But in general, I mean, it gets better, dude. It's not over. Um, it's you have more time to do other, pursue other things that you may have not had any time to do. I was just about to ask you. It sounds like it was kind of a humbling experience yeah, in yeah. a sense. And it maybe put you on a better path in general in life. Oh, yeah. Know? I mean, I... I got to the point where, like I said, I was able to, to do more things. And, you know, I could come. I came back home. I moved back home, got an apartment with some buddies, and you know, just rekindled relationships with friends that you know I could have potentially never hung yeah. out with again. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, in the end, it turned out well. I like in the moment, it's never fun. You you know, oh my gosh, my life's over. You know, I've only ever known baseball my whole life. Um, but you know, you have all these major leaguers that play baseball for twenty years. Next thing you know, they're 40 years old. They have over half their life left, and, and they're done playing sports. So it's yeah. you just ended a little bit earlier than they would, but, you know. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that because, like, so most people, I guess, 
you can say most athletes that have made it to the top, like you just described, like they don't really have anything after baseball. I mean, obviously, their family and stuff, yeah. but like a goal or a passion or maybe something else like that. But it's, I mean, we're starting to see like those kind of athletes go back to college and stuff now. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing that lately, but that's definitely good that you didn't, you know, dive down the rabbit hole yeah. because yeah. of that situation. Yeah. Instead, what, you uh, what was powered your- on. All right. Yeah. No, you're good. But uh, what was the thing that you kind of picked up after baseball that that kept you, you know, just just kept you interested? Um, some hobbies or passions. Yeah. You know? Um, so when I moved back uh, back home and I moved in with some roommates, we uh, we kind of picked up uh, disc golf and just kind of did that for a little bit. Um, you know, every weekend we're hitting the local disc golf courses, which is very fun. Yeah, I've never yeah. played actually. You like going to frisbee? Yeah. Okay, it's just golf and frisbee. So and it's it's fine. Obviously, it's a little bit different than a frisbee, but um, did that. Uh, one of my good buddies is really into uh, rock climbing and bouldering. Um, so I did that with a little bit. Uh, did him, did that with him a little bit, and then we went out west uh, on a cross country road trip and did a bunch of bouldering and rock climbing out there, which yeah. is really fun, man. So, uh, it was cool. That's sick. What are some of the best spots that you've been to, the most beautiful or uh, most challenging? Oh, man, dude. Buena Vista, Colorado. Small little mountain town north or southwest of Denver. Okay. It's awesome. Any it's places a, in Tennessee that you'd recommend? Yeah, so uh, Obed. Uh, it's like a it's like a river basin almost. Uh, it runs along a river, uh, and there's just multiple just massive boulders with all these cool little rock climbing routes and everything. And, oh, that's cool. Um, you know, I can't speak too much on it just because I never really got super into it. My buddy got more into it than I did. I just kind of tagged along and yeah. somewhat loosely followed the hobby um, in that. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's fun, man. Something I, to do. What is, uh, do you ever go like hiking or like fishing yeah. down in Tennessee? Yeah, what, dude. It's, some of the best spots out there that, for that? Man, it's, I think one of the most beautiful hikes in the Smoky Mountains is Mount LeConte. Mm. It's the highest natural point in the Smokies. Uh, wow. There is a man-made point called Clingman's Dome, uh, but it's just like a little spiral walkway to like a tower that you just kind of go up. Okay. But uh, yeah, Mount LeConte, it's like a seven, it's like a 14-mile round-trip hike. Uh, it's pretty long, but it's cool. I mean, it's nothing too crazy. Uh, it's so long, so it's not as steep. Yeah. Um, but it's fun, man. Yeah. So I guess moving on to like some of your other like interests and stuff like that. What is some of your favorite music you like to listen to? Yeah. Musical so, artists, um, movies, stuff like that. Growing up in East Tennessee for most of my life, uh, country music is huge there. I bet. Massive. Um, more so in Nashville, but you know we're only two hours east of Nashville. Yeah. Um, but yeah, country music has been a big part of my life. I grew up, you know, twenty almost twenty six now. It's I grew up on your uh, Green Day, Fall Out Boy, you know, Panic! at the Disco type bands. Green uh, Day is lit. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, that music's somewhat coming back, man. It's Fall Out Boy still making music. Um, Imagine Dragons. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I grew up on a lot of that stuff. I grew up on Old Lil Wayne. Yeah. You know, Old Jay Z. Rihanna when Rihanna was really big. Yeah, I mean, obviously she's still massive. Oh yeah. Some Lincoln Park in there. But Lincoln when she Park, was like yeah. dropping music. Yeah, 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 consistently. yeah. Yeah, like. Yeah, it's. But uh, some of your favorite movies or TV shows or I guess stuff like that. I, I'm a big movie guy. Yeah, so dude, you. movies, man. Uh, Pursuit of Happiness is probably my favorite movie. That's a great movie. Uh, I will watch that all day long. Um, 
I love the Avengers movies, Marvel movies. You know, I could talk about those for hours, man. What's your favorite, I guess, Marvel character or movie so far? Probably a tough question, too. Yeah. Dude, Thor Ragnarok. I love that movie. I think, the best Marvel movie. It's awesome. It's like 80s nostalgic, yeah, but the yeah, soundtrack yeah. is yeah. amazing. It's Gar- funny. Yeah, Guardians is... is oh, dude, that movie's hilarious. I have not seen the new one yet. I haven't either. I want to so bad. Well, but weirdly enough about you know, the Thor movies, that was like the only good Thor movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And like the one good Thor movie was like one of the best ones. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like the third uh, one too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Third one, yeah. Uh, I mean, they they ended them so well too with Endgame and or Infinity War and Endgame. And yeah. And so like you're obviously Marvel over DC. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I love Batman. Yes. But the only Batman movies I've followed are the Christopher Nolan ones. Yeah. Your Dark Knight trilogy and all that stuff. So. But I also feel like just because of how good those movies are, like to me, they outweigh every single Marvel yeah. movie. They're just that good. And just for them to be superhero movies, and you look at some of the stuff that Marvel's been pumping out, like, yeah, it's good. Like, I grew up on a lot of the Marvel stuff, and, you know, they're very good movies, but in terms of actual, like, you know, a quality film, you know, Batman takes the oh, for sure. every single Marvel movie. Yeah. Have you seen the new Batman? With Robert parts, Pattinson? Parts of it. It's long. Yeah, like, it's that's, really that's long. another reason why I've seen parts of it. I think it's it. almost like three hours. Yeah. Like... Yikes! Yeah, and I mean, Colin Farrell's Penguin. I don't know. Yeah, if you, like, yeah, yeah. They're making a show about him too. Oh, really? On HBO. I, huh. I don't know if it's gonna be good or anything, but I, the guy that um, directed the new Batman movie, Matt Reeves, he did the last two movies in the Planet of the Apes trilogy. Okay. I don't know if you ever yeah, saw those. Yeah, movies. definitely seen that. Yeah. But um, not not a bad director. I I, no, I, I liked the new one, but like you said, the Christopher Nolan trilogy yeah, is yeah. just. It might be the best superhero movies yeah, ever made. Yeah, definitely as a standalone, I think they're the best. Uh, but I think as a uh, as a franchise, as a comic book franchise, in a whole, Marvel just takes it. Takes it it does. Yeah. Like there's honestly, when you take a step back, you can't even compare the two, especially now. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. One is just so much higher up than exactly the other one. Yeah. But you know what, what? Speaking on that, what is your favorite? I guess I didn't really answer. You, so Thor is your favorite Avenger, but like, who's your favorite villain? In, in all those movies, like that's one thing about Marvel that I hate. The, the villains typically yeah, suck. The villains yeah, yeah, it's not written well. Yeah, but like there's a couple, there's a couple of good ones in there. Yeah. But if you had to think on it, who would, who would that Man. be? Probably, I mean, Thanos is an easy answer, but like, dude, honestly, Green Goblin. Yes, Green Willem Goblin. Dafoe. Yes, Green OG. You, you gotta, you gotta throw it back there to like the the original Spider-Man. It's a 2002. Mm-hmm. You do. Yeah. You know. It's wow. like whenever Willem Dafoe's on screen, he gives just an outstanding. He's captivating. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not to the extent of you know Heath Ledger with Joker, but it's yeah. it's up there. I would it, say he he dives right into that role. Even when well. even in the new Spider-Man, when they all three came together, yeah, like he, he was he like in my opinion, he was my favorite part about yeah, the movie. Yeah. Besides, obviously, Toby and yeah. Andrew Garfield. It's definitely a nostalgic in. throwback uh, when he came in and he's like, man, just. I missed you, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this yeah. Craziness. Yeah, where you been? <laughs> <laughs> For so long. But okay, so Marvel, Thor, Green Goblin. What is your favorite, like, I guess, non-superhero kind of movie though? Like, if it has to be like a biopic or yeah, yeah. Um, yes, one of those. Let's see. Man, I love. Um, Besides Pursuit of Happiness, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. another just yeah. standalone movie as well. Dude, one of my favorite movies is... Um, dude, why can't I think of the name of it? 
I could probably help uh, the yeah Wahlberg Mark Eagles Wahlberg. Eagles oh um that's oh Invincible yeah Invincible, Invincible dude yeah. I love that movie man one of the best football like maybe top three football movies of all time yeah we were just talking about um the, the real Vince Papali's, uh kid because he plays in the USFL right now oh really Vinny yeah. Papali huh. you got touched on the right showboats actually oh dang really yeah, yeah. And that's what five hours down the road for me. Yeah, not too far. Not too far, actually. But have you, speaking on the USFL, have you caught any like games or anything? Not like too that? much, man. I haven't followed that a whole lot. Um, XFL, like you know, if I'm at a restaurant, you know, on a <laughs> Sunday <laughs> in off season, I see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't follow them too much. Um, shoot, the only thing I know about what XFL, The Rock, he's like a part no, owner or something like that, or yeah. owns it. So yeah. I'll just like briefly explain like Disney owns XFL because ESPN is owned by mm-hmm. Disney and then Fox's league is the USFL but I, if you get a chance there's like four more weeks of regular season try and catch a showboats game if you're ever in Memphis yeah. I don't know if that's a thing yeah. in Tennessee it's, yeah, like it's five hours yeah, little, it's, it's, def- it's definitely a haul over there and it turns into a you know weekend trip if you do go but, uh, um, tune into a game because your quarterback is 6'7 so you played football for six years yeah what position did you play so I was a defensive back by trade mm. um, towards the end so I, I really was a, a cornerback I was a cornerback my whole life um, never really played offense never really intrigued me anything like that you, you know, like hitting. I was a ball hawk. Yeah. yeah. Wherever the ball was, I was. Okay. Um, I liked hitting to an extent until I became not the same size as everyone else. Jeez. You know, then then yeah. you got to figure out, I'm how gonna, do I get that guy down and yeah. not get hurt? Not get a concussion. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it, it definitely was tricky. Um, but towards the end of my football career, you know, eighth grade year was kind of my breakout year. Of course, it was my last year. Mm. Uh, we ended up going 10-0, and won the championship. Wow. Um, and in Knox County, you know, there's some big old boys there yeah. in Knoxville. And Southern talent. Did you get those <laughs> backcountry boys? That oh, yeah. Cornbread fed, all yeah. these dudes. It's, <laughs> dude, you get an eighth grader that's like 6'5", 300 pounds, that's, dude, and you're like, you're a man. You know, I feel you're, like you're, you're not, like 13 years old right now. I feel like wow. me and Brady have talked about this on the pod, too, but, like, we played this one guy because we were on the same team. We played this one guy, and... He didn't have his last name on his on his back of his jersey. It just said bowling ball. Like, he was <laughs> oh, a, man. a big yeah. like. Honestly, <laughs> he was what he said. <laughs> he must have been like one fifty at like like Jeez, like fit like sixth grade, sixth Jeez, seventh grade. Dude. Like one one hundred fifty pounds. I wasn't even, was even one fifty as a freshman in high school, dude. Yeah, yeah. I. My freshman, I was actually fat. I lost weight, so yeah. I, was, I actually maxed at two fifty. I remember when <laughs> I was chubby, man. Oh, you weren't as tall either. No, I wasn't. But <laughs> I, I, hit, I hit a growth spurt from seventh grade to eighth grade. I grew a foot. Yeah, I was four eleven, and then I got to five eleven. It was a weird summer. Let me just say I'm that. Sure, your mom loved buying clothes on that one. Uh, <laughs> probably not. Uh, well, luckily, you know, three little brothers just tossed it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you didn't get rid of anything. But. Uh, you have an older brother. Yeah. Tell us a little bit yeah, Colin. about Colin. Hopefully we can get him on the podcast as yeah, well yeah. one of these times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, Colin is, a lot of people, we're just complete opposites. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, he's a, uh, a gearhead, you know, music head. He loves cars, loves music. Um, yeah. I love music as well, but, you know, a music taste with it. He's more that, you know, rock, that, like. Punk rock kind of Punk rock, but he's, like, very. 
outside rock. You know, mm-hmm. he's like listening to rock from different countries and stuff like that. Um, International rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just that odd stuff that he maybe you find like Japan, just experimental stuff. Oh, I guess okay. I could say. You maybe know? maybe making fun of me because I'd be listening to Italian rap. <laughs> yeah. He literally listens to Italian drill music. Do you understand any of the words? Hell no, it just sounds hard. <laughs> <laughs> but what was it like growing up in Delaware and then Tennessee with, with Colin, with an older brother? Like, yeah, dude. You know, um, you know in, in Delaware, it was, you know, we, we shared a room. We had bunk beds, you know, growing up. He was just a little over two years older than me. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, you get to a point where you start playing with the same toys, all that stuff, you know, so we kind of butted heads a little bit mm-hmm. um, but we're young I mean it's what kids do brothers, brothers, well. brothers fight yeah yeah, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people don't understand what it's like to grow up with you know brothers and little and older brother you know I grew up with four with, uh, <laughs> yeah, in my yeah. household yeah and uh, it's just it was it was like no other and uh, you know I wouldn't trade it for anything else oh man yeah but uh, you know we all three of us I'm sure we know the, the most about how you know like pure some sibling rivalries yeah. can be and I think that the age gap the closer the age yeah. gap is the harder it is to get along when you're younger mm-hmm. obviously because you want to you're into the same things you know exactly and then, yeah. I don't want to share this I don't want to share that you know why are you mm-hmm. copying me yeah you know, exactly like, you know and like the, the bigger the age gap is it's you know the younger brother might just be like yeah I know my place you know it's yeah I feel like it's because I grew up with brothers that were always you know just older than me because I was never like you know, Brady is about two years older than me, but you know, Ty and Trevor and you know, you and Colin yeah. are, are both you know, way older than me. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's it's almost like you know when I was growing up, I was listening to the same thing they were listening to, mm-hmm. watching the same stuff they were watching. So it was almost we were you know I was like basically growing up with them, except I was a little bit younger. Yeah. Than, you know, growing up the yeah. same way. You definitely grow up faster, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's definitely. that's what you know. It's what mm-hmm. you grew up with and. Mm-hmm. You get into things that maybe are beyond your age, yeah. but you just do it because that's what it's from. Exactly, the you are who you hang around. Exactly, it's, exactly. It's a real thing. Uh, but yeah, growing into uh, Tennessee. Once we got to Tennessee, um, we didn't necessarily grow apart more, um, but it was. He hit high school before I did. You know, mm. it's. He was growing up. He was going through different stuff in life than I was, and it just became. That's when our age gap became prevalent and uh you know i'm in middle school you know i'm sitting over here you know girls are gross type thing (laughs) and he's over here in high school you know he's got girlfriends like all the stuff and i'm like dude ew but um but no it's it it got rough you know for a little bit um and then once we both got you know 18 uh you know moving out you know living with friends all stuff college you don't necessarily talk to each other as much um, and then when you do see each other, you know, it's like, you just saw each other yesterday. You just kind of pick up where you left off. So I definitely think the uh, the few years apart, not really talking as much. You know, it does take a toll on your relationship. You know, you got a lot to catch up on, but it's more so, I think for us, it turned out better. Yeah. Because yeah. now we're closer. You know, we don't yeah. fight anymore. You know, exactly. kid stuff. You know, we, we don't fight anymore, all this stuff. So um, the maturity level, I think, definitely has a big factor in that as well yeah absolutely so. I, 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 I definitely understand what you mean yeah, yeah. if you have a brother out there you probably understand what he's saying as yeah. well but Caden do you have uh, some questions just, that you'd like to I mean, yeah, we were talking about uh, a little bit about football and uh, we, 
what was you know, I had some I had some some good moments playing football and oh yeah I was what was you know, some of your most memorable moments just going through playing sports? Oh, man, dude, most of them came from just dude the tail end of my f- football career. Um, well, I guess we'll go football. We'll, we'll move to baseball, but football, I, you know, I it was just a hobby. It was just you know. Something to do. My friend's dad was like, "Hey, man, you should you should actually play. You know, just try it." Mm-hmm. So and I went and did it. You know, I was going through the motions, whatever. You know, I was same size as everyone else, which is nice. Getting older, like I said, I got smaller. But you know, eighth grade year is when it, it really became fun. I think because you know, I was I started playing offense. You know, we had a few injuries on the team. I started playing offense and I ended up playing running back, and uh, it turned out really well, dude. I. Probably ran for close to a thousand yards. I probably had twenty plus touchdowns. Damn, ten, games. ten. Ten games. Yeah. Well, and another reason why you would like the USFL: the New Jersey Generals have a running back. His name is Darius Victor. He's five eight, and his thighs are thirty two inches like wide. He's a he's a muscle hamster. Like Saquon Barkley in a five eight body. Yeah. Jeez, it, dude. Like that's that's another reason. Like you would actually, I think you would enjoy it because like, yeah. there's guys that you know. We'll make it to that next level, yeah. but like, but they're still they're look still like balling. An everyday person yeah. that could play some football, but yeah. So your favorite, like, what was your biggest football moment? Like, maybe your biggest sports hit? in general. Sports in general. Biggest hit. Or your like, if you cause a fumble, or your best touchdown. Dude, biggest hit, man. I think best touchdown. Um, we were playing uh, Carter Middle School, which is a school north of Knoxville, and we. I mean, we, we were killing at this point. It was, we were just running all over the field. We didn't even, I don't even think we passed the ball the whole game. It was just <laughs> one of those games that just, you dominate the whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we run a little sweep, uh, sweep to the right. I go through, and I always, in my head, playing baseball, I always think of the next step. So I think that definitely helped me in baseball, or in football, I mean. Thinking ahead. So, yeah, thinking ahead. So, like, here's my gap. I'm going to sweep. You know, you're pulling guard running in front of you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come around the end. If I don't see a clear gap in front of me, I'm already looking to the left side of the field. Mm-hmm. And I saw a gap straight through the middle of the field, linebackers, because they all moved. Yeah. And our lineman was pushing everyone to the, to the left. Linebackers came to the right, and I saw a gap straight to the left side of the field. And I just... Went straight up there, stiff armed a few people, and <laughs> ran 80 yards down the down the line, and uh, that that was pretty fun. Um, moments you won't forget, honestly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. One of my favorite moments on defense. We were playing Bearden High School, which is uh, I went to Farragut, or we were playing Bearden Middle School. I went to Farragut High School and Farragut Middle School, but Bearden was always our big rival. Uh, mm-hmm. They're 10 minutes down the road, you know, cross town rivals pretty much. For some reason, y'all hated each other. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. just. We did it because we, we had to. that was that was what was known. We, that's all we knew, you know. Probably. Some years down the road or yeah. back, back a few years, something happened, whatever. But um, yeah, so our eighth grade program was like a feeder to our high school. Um, so we ran the high school offense, we ran the high school defense, so that the coaches from high school could evaluate us. Like, you know, how would they fit in our system? Mm-hmm. Um, which honestly was brilliant. Yeah. Um, but so we ran a three-five-three defense. So, you know, that's three down linemen, mm-hmm. five linebackers, that's a lot and of linebackers. three defensive backs. So mm-hmm. we'd have one free safety, two cornerbacks. We'd have, on film, 
it looks like your typical four three, yeah, four whatever. Because you have yeah. like a linebacker, yeah. Up. Um, so our we have you know you have your three linebackers, the out, two outside linebackers were hybrids of a defensive end and strong safety. Yeah, we called them Admiral and Bandit. Um, and so I played Admiral, and I was on the left side of the ball. If you're on defense, you know you're on your defensive left side of the ball, and we Beard and they ran like a a reverse almost or a fakes fake motion, you know, handoff, whatever. Yeah. And you know, I was taught to um, on any reverse, there's someone coming at you and they do a fake handoff, just obliterate them, whether they have the ball or not. Yeah. <laughs> because if they don't have the ball. The next time they run that play, okay. he's gonna he's gonna know you're there. Yeah, he's gonna get scared. Um, so they ran that play. I lit him up. Did he didn't have the ball? You know, I was I took myself <laughs> out of the play essentially just to yeah. to hit him. Yeah. But you know, I didn't know that. You know, I found after I got up, oh, he didn't have the ball. Grabbed his arm, helped him up. Yeah. Quarter later, I think they ran the play again, but they handed it off this time. I look the dude dead in the eyes. He has the ball. He just like fumbles it and drops it. And we end up getting one of the defensive linemen gets the ball. I still hit him anyway. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's it's a mental thing, dude. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think that was just so cool because yeah, you know, you get taught this thing as a middle school in your head. You're like, ah, whatever, that's not gonna work. You know, I'm not yeah. gonna hit. I'm not gonna hit some dude without the ball. Uh, but it does, man. Mm-hmm. It's a mental. You got thing. scared. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's that's intimidation funny. factor. That's really all. I feel like that's a big thing in football. And uh, I remember <laughs> we were in practice, and I was never a good football player. I probably never should have played football. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I wish I played soccer, but uh, you know, I in one of the best moments I ever had playing uh, football. One of the biggest hits I ever played. I always played the end, and I remember it was a fake run to the outside, and uh, it was the other side of the ball. I was on the right side. I was the right. I was the right end, and they they ran it to the left side. And I remember the running back just stops, throws it to the quarterback. And I'm already full sprint. And I look in front of me like, oh, quarterback has the ball. And I just <laughs> lay this kid out. Like, I, I, the biggest hit of my entire, like, life. I killed this kid. And I remember being so happy because all my, all my teammates were coming up to me, like, patting me on the head, everything like that. And, like, the coach was pissed at me because that was his kid. And that was a starting quarterback. And I wasn't <laughs> supposed to hit him. And like you know, how, like they'll put like a red, like a red helmet, or wear a red jersey. Like, oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah like a little bib or something. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I just laid him out. <laughs> <laughs> I just destroyed our starting quarterback. That's that, funny. That reminds me of like I don't, I only played two years of eight on eight in the spring. I hated playing football. Eight on eight was horrible. Was that I, tackle? Yeah, yeah. It was tackle. Tackle. I never yeah, had eight on eight. It, it was it's horrible. spring football, so it, it was. I hated it. Like I really did not like getting yeah. hit. I didn't like hitting people. And I just wanted to play quarterback, yeah. but they would always throw me at right guard or D tackle. So the worst spots for someone that doesn't like contact. Yeah. And I you hadn't lost all your weight yet. No, no, I was still <laughs> yeah exactly. And so I remember there was a play on I was on the defensive line and they were just running it up the gut. This team's name was the Junkyard Dogs, and I'm pretty sure they it had like right eighteen year olds playing against us. Man, I'm not even kidding. Yeah, full on beards. They had a stuff. female quarterback. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Hey, I played a few teams with some girls growing up. Yeah. And, the eight um, on eight league is where I faced bowling ball. 
I, I was on the D line. They snapped the ball. This offensive lineman just kept falling in front of me the whole game, and I would just keep getting like it was like a chop block, but he kept oh, falling yeah. in front, and I just fumble over. But this time I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm really done with this. So when you just, when they say like said hut, I just step back. The dude just falls over. My only recorded tackle as a football player. <laughs> I just wrap up the running back and just fall over. That's awesome, dude. But when I played right guard. I would just, I'm not going to lie, I would just let people go by. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm yeah, like, like, screw this, dude. This dude has his shirt pulled up and his stomach is falling out. I, what am I going to do? Whenever I would try. Yeah, just like open the door for him. He's like, here you go. Whenever, go whenever I would try, I would just wake up like in the backfield. I'm like, yo, where? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to get over there. Yeah. And then my quarterback would be like, what are you doing back here? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, bro. Yeah. We were terrible. Yeah. I don't think we <laughs> scored a touchdown. Yeah. They, put me at, they put me at O-line sometimes, and I would feel so bad for the quarterback, bro. Like, he was Running for his life when I was in the line, like that was bad. Uh, I used to get flags all the time in the O line too, because you can get away with flags holding. for what? Like, but it was like on the O line, like like playing D line, just switching up to O line. It was it was definitely weird because you know, when you're playing right end and D tackle, you can use your hands a lot more. You can actually like hold people like, almost. But like, I just want to go back and like. Go back in time and actually talk to one of those refs and be like, "Yo, so what? what what's a call here?" Dude, I look. You want to you wanna go back to one of those coaches and be like, "Yo, what?" Because yeah. it was one coach who was just screaming, "Dive and destroy, bro!" Like, <laughs> he's trying to get kids killed out here. <laughs> oh, no, man. but I, like football, like it's it's definitely a violent sport. Dude, it's fun, man. It's it fun. Is fun. Definitely so fun. You know, I say I hate it, but I the one thing I loved, I, I hated the games. I loved the practices. I, yeah. I'm probably the first person that will say that. <laughs> probably. I loved, like, doing the suicide drills, like, oh just getting God. destroyed by my coaches. <laughs> Me Uh-oh. and the rest of the fat dudes were just, you know, struggling. <laughs> we're last back. And we're like, dude, if you're last back, we're doing another set. I'm like, <laughs> get ready. We're doing another Yeah, one. might as well just do it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not making it back. Yeah, <laughs> Oh gosh, good good times though. Yeah, good yeah, times. yeah. Revisiting some good times, you know, we really get to touch on some, some of your best moments in high school baseball and just baseball yeah. in general. You know, just run through some yeah, of those. Yeah, man. So uh, I don't remember this too much, but my dad always tells me, uh, four four years old. I don't know. I won MVP of my T-ball league. Hey. Never like the only kid not picking her nose, picking her butt. <laughs> You know, trying to catch ants on the ground, all this stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I guess I paid attention. I, like I said, I don't remember too much of it. Um, when we moved to Tennessee, that's kind of when my uh, baseball career started accelerating. Um, I kind of just dove hard straight into it. Um, I, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I played coach pitch ball, and we weren't very good. Uh, but it was fun. And we started getting the kid pitch, um, and I started, you know, pitching a little bit, and that was fun, you know, actually being able to pitch. Uh, and then I started getting on some, like, competitive travel teams and getting to travel the country. Well, we first started kind of traveling the area. Yeah. Um, and then once we got into middle school, we just kind of started traveling the country. That's really, so cool. Uh, to, to play all these tournaments. And really the biggest tournament, the first biggest tournament I had played in was uh, – the U Triple S A, which is um, your, you know, thirteen U. It's really kind of like your eight U to like fourteen U um, travel teams. So you had that age group. It's okay. like they're. It's like the MLB. It's like that's whatever the league, the association, or whatever yeah. it is. Um, and they had a uh, a World Series uh, tournament for all age groups down in uh, 
Gulf Shores, Alabama. And uh, we went there, and we were there. They had like rank national rankings uh, before we went in, and so we got placed in like the silver bracket. So it was like you know you gold, silver, bronze. We yeah. got placed in the silver bracket. Um, we ended up winning the whole thing, uh, so that was pretty cool. Wow. Uh, got a big old trophy. Sick. Uh, yeah. And that's out of how many teams? Uh, there was, in the silver bracket, probably 40-something teams. Wow. And yeah, it was cool. That's, and then you got to travel from yeah. Tennessee to Alabama. It was a whole week-long tournament. Whole As thing. a young kid, that's yeah. fucking sick. Yeah, it's fun. I was 8th grade, I think. That was, no, 7th grade. Summer going into 8th grade year, I think. Um, so that was fun. It was kind of something fun to do. Um, and then... High school ball came around, uh, and dude, high school is where it just took off, man. All the opportunities I got to do, um, I mean, shoot, right off the bat, my freshman year, um, a senior at Farragut High School was uh, Nick Senzel, who is the left fielder for the Cincinnati Reds right now. Mm, um, wow. And he, uh, he's a cool story. He ended up going to the University of Tennessee, playing third base. Uh, he actually got drafted second overall. Huh. MLB draft, really? which is cool. That's so cool. Um, he wasn't anything like super special in high school. I mean, he was good. I mean, not get me wrong, but his career catapulted here in college. I think mm. that is where he benefited the most. With some of uh, their like training facilities. Yeah, and I of... think that he just needed better competition. Because mm. you think he wasn't like motivated when he was younger? Not necessarily. I mean, he's high school. I mean, we're all high school kids. You know, you can only be motivated so much. Yeah. Um, unless you're just some freak that just. It's like a Bryce Harper. Yeah. You know, you graduate high school early. You know, you go to one year of community college and then you're in the major leagues, essentially. A lot of people want to have a life outside of what yeah. they're um, And uh, so, he, I guess he just got to, got to college and started facing better competition. He's like, it, I think it brought out the best in him, which mm. I, it was always there, but it ended up working out for him. Um, but yeah, so dude, high school, I played... Uh, my freshman class was one of the better classes to go through that high school. Um, so they actually, during tryouts, they accepted like 15 to 20 freshmen, which is a lot. Wow. Uh, and so we had two different freshman teams. We had to. Normally it's just, you know, you have your one. I guess it wasn't really a freshman team. They, we made two JV teams. Yeah. You know, you have your JV and your varsity. Um, and so we did that, and uh, I ended up getting an opportunity to play varsity my sophomore year. Um, a kid in front of me uh, broke his hand, I think, sliding into base. Ooh. And so he couldn't play the rest of the year. So I, uh, they asked me to, to play. But really, I had like two two or three pitching appearances that year and just kind of like like the shit end innings, basically. You know, you're, we're winning by like 15. So like just, a reliever? Yeah, like a yeah. So I was a reliever for most of it. And it was just like, we're up by 15 runs. We don't want to pitch anyone good let's just throw an underclassman in there to get get some reps yeah get, get some experience so yeah. that was fun um, but other than that I, I basically was a pinch runner for the catcher anytime mm-hmm. the catcher got on you had the designated pinch runner for him um, so, so you I, had speed like yeah you, you also had yeah speed, so i did like, have speed i lost a lot of it towards the end of my career because i ended up gaining uh, more muscle and more weight and my speed just kind of went downhill from there because uh, i went in freshman year at 135 i left high school at 175 okay. so i gained 40 pounds throughout high school um, and then junior year is where it is where it got fun. You know, we we were coming off a state championship. We won a state championship sophomore year. We'll talk about uh, that. Oh wow! Sophomore yeah, so year, so your first year on 
varsity yeah. on a championship yeah, squad. Yeah, it was cool. That's, that's yeah, sick. so uh, we we get there. I mean, Farragut is a uh, a state Tennessee powerhouse. You know, we've got I think to date right now we've got thirteen total state championships. Oh the first my. one was nineteen eighty two, and the most recent was last year. Gosh, last um, year. Yeah, they won last year. Wow. And they actually they're playing in the uh, state championship tomorrow today actually at seven p.m. Oh, shout out. Yeah. Shout yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, they're actually playing Hardin Valley High School, or Hardin Valley Academy, which is another Knoxville school that we actually played junior year. We played them in the state championship game again. We went to the back-to-back state championship wow. games. Uh, we ended up losing. You know, high school games are seven innings. We lost in nine innings. Oh we went to extras. We just had a meltdown on that one. It was 1-1 one, one going oh, into the ninth inning. Oh, my. And we ended up giving, like, eight runs up and one. It just, we just ran out of gas. Um, but it happens, yeah. I'm sure. But, yeah, so anyway, sophomore year, rewind it back. Um, we had a, uh, a guy on my team, uh, his name was Patrick Raby. He was a, a pitcher. Um, and when you get to the, Sten- or the Tennessee State playoffs, it's you ride the back of an ace pitcher. What's yeah. an ace pitcher? So an ace pitcher is going to be your number one guy. Okay. You need to win a game, he's on the mound. Oh, okay. Um, so, the way it works is there's a lot of must-win games. Or, there's very few must-win games, I guess I should say. Okay. If you make it to your district, to a district tournament's double elimination. If you make it to the championship game, both teams that make it to the championship game move on to region. But okay. if you win your district, you get to host your region semi-game. If you lose, you have to travel for your region semi-game. Did the traveling come into effect, like, for for you guys as kids? Like, I'm not thinking it did. I think you guys yeah. probably had so, fun. Or? The good thing is, traveling was fun, especially okay. in high school. Uh, you know, we played some beach tournaments to start the years and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, we didn't have to travel much at Farragut because we were nationally known for being good and we hosted a lot of tournaments throughout the season um, and a lot of teams from out of state would come here just to play us. Okay. Um, and get that experience of playing a top tier team. So you guys were like a, almost like a luxury club in a sense. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. There's some stud high school teams. You know, IMG Academy down oh, here yeah. in Redmond yeah. and all that. Uh, uh, yeah, we actually played them in baseball a couple of times uh, this year and last year. And oh, really? We won a couple of them. Dang. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's we're I think. Junior year, the highest we ever got national ranking was number seven in the nation. Jeez. Uh, yeah, so. It's top ten? Yeah. In America. And most of the teams are going to be in Florida, the top ten in California. You know, it makes sense, yeah. The population's higher, and you're just going to get better teams. Better. Uh, you know, in Florida, you have your um, a big Hispanic community, yeah. and they're huge in baseball. Dominicans you know, run baseball right and now. And so. You know that is plays well in Calif- Southern California. You have a big Hispanic community yeah. as well, and it's just adds a different aspect because they play the game different, man. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's good. Yeah, you know, it's good for the sport. But, um, but yeah, so we ended up making it all the way. We rode the back of race pitcher Patrick Raby, um, and we made it to the state championship game. And he went. We played Houston High School, uh, which is in Memphis, um, and. We uh, he pitched a complete game. We won four to one. Wow! So yeah, it was a pretty cool year. Uh, at the beginning of that year, we actually uh, we lost a coach to a heart attack. Oh, and he geez. was twenty eight. So it was kind of and, like you had uh, to win for him. It was just dude out of the blue, right before the season started. Um, his name was Scotty Dean. 
and, Rest in uh, peace. Yeah. And uh, so that that whole year was kind of for him. It was cool, and it was it was so fitting because you know we won four to one. You know, it's five, yeah, five total runs. You know, that's his, convincing. His number was five. He played at Farragut High School. His number was five. So it's like it was just really eerie. You know how Something. some of these things kind of. And uh, and it was cool, man. Something spiritual, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool, and that was a special year for us. Uh, It was almost much needed. Um, So that was that was really cool. And And one of his quotes was, you know, he said, "At the end of the day, the sun always shines on the ads, and we were called the admirals, so that that was that was a cool cool little thing." No, that's clearly loved his team. Loved loved doing what he did. Have you ever thought about maybe like coaching yourself on the on the side? Yeah, uh, it has crossed my mind. I was actually talking with my dad the other day about it, and it's it's very it's it's very time consuming. Yeah, and I it's bet. not necessarily maybe something for me at the moment. Um, maybe you know, when you're a little older, ma- maybe down the road when I have maybe a little bit more free time. Yeah. Um, definitely, you know, when it, whenever I uh, have a family or anything like that, you know, I'd love to coach my kids and all of that. Yeah. I will oh, make yeah. t- I'll make time for that. Yeah. But you know, if I when it comes to coaching high school and stuff, that's really something that. I need to have time for because it's serious. You know, high school ball is serious. It's a, um, like you said, it's a catalyst to that next dude, level it's, for it's a, a lot of these guys. It's a daily grind, man. We'd go to school eight thirty to three thirty. Practice, and then, is and then we'd have long. practice from four to seven p.m. Monday through Friday. You got to get up the next day, and too. then you go home. You know, you try to get your, your homework done, whatever like that. Um, which I really didn't do much homework anyway, <laughs> uh, but. It's, you know, it, it's a lot, um, and especially with a a school like Farragut, you know, you don't get good by you know practicing every other day. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. a grind, um, and to be able to play at a school like that is it prepares you for the next level because college is just even more yeah. intense. And you said it's like one of those schools where teams will actually travel in to yeah. play because they're just that competitive it's a destination yeah, yeah, yeah our, top, they were top 10 yeah and our facilities are top notch man it's mm-hmm. the field you got the Bermuda grass it's short you know, it's a major league field use I mean it's wow. always green and it's and it's beautiful um, but yeah so continuing on to junior year of high, high school ball is that was the most eye opening year for, for me I think because um, Right off the bat, we got invited to play in the um, National High School Baseball Invitational, wow. which is basically a national, like a preseason national championship for the top 16 teams in the nation. And we had like four teams from California, two teams from Florida. We had one us from uh, Tennessee. We had a team from Georgia, a team from Arizona, a team from Pennsylvania. I mean, everywhere, man. And it's the amount of talent there. And we played at the USA uh, Baseball Complex in Cary, North Carolina. Sick. And, you know, they housed us at the Embassy Suites. You know, we got charter buses to all our games. I mean, it was... The full experience. It was. It was cool, man. And when I say the amount of talent that was there, you know, we had this Patrick Gravy kid I was talking about. He was there. That was his senior year. He ended up pitching at Vanderbilt, which Mm -hmm. is a powerhouse baseball program. And he set the wins record for, yeah. at Vanderbilt with 29 career wins. Yeah, ever end up going, going And he, he did. He got drafted by the Reds, uh, right. played two years of minor league ball, and then just bowed out. He wasn't going anywhere and just 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know that's pretty pretty good, you know, for a high school player. Yeah. But we drafted. played we played a team um, from Georgia on the first day, and it was Lambert High School. They were the preseason number one team in the country. Wow. We beat them seven to two, and they had a kid named Seth Beer. Who was the right fielder for the Arizona Diamondbacks? Right, right now? now, right now. Oh wow! And I mean, he was—he came in the major league. He first day, first day, B in the major leagues, hits a home run. Really? And I mean, he was stud. He yeah. had—he was injured, hit a double off the wall, limped to second base, and then they took him out of the game at the first inning. But it's like you wow. know, still, you got to see him play in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our very final game, we played a team uh, from Desoto. Uh, Mississippi called Soto Central, and their third baseman was Austin Riley, who was the third baseman for the Atlanta Braves, who oh. was the th- number three in MVP voting last year. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say I've heard of that name before. Dude, so. I mean, just just studs, dude. Wow, it's that's I mean, sick that you got to see them then, yeah. and then now you get to see them now. Yeah, as still a massive fan of baseball, yeah. I assume. And I did want to ask you. Obviously, I know what you're wearing, but my yeah. listeners don't. What's your favorite baseball team? Dude, Tampa Bay, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. dude, the Rays, man. It's. Oh, yeah. I grew up a uh, in Delaware. I grew up a Phillies fan. You know, it's all we got was Philadelphia sports. It's closest big city. Uh, my dad worked in Philadelphia. I went to a bunch of Philadelphia games, sports, and all that stuff. So, now it's Eagles, Sixers, Flyers. You know, Phillies fan uh, to the bone. But uh, as I got older, you know, my family, most of my family, grew up in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I kind of adopted the Pirates a little bit. Um, big Steelers fan, big Penguins fan right now. Um, but then, you know, we moved to Knoxville. Uh, my dad moved down to Florida and my aunt moved down to Florida. And just being able to consistently go to uh, professional baseball games down here, you know, it, it's hard to, you know, you go to a game and there's a different team in town every time you go. But, you know, the one constant is the race. So, you know, you go to see. So it just... To me, it just I fell in love with it. And Every time you come down here, do you try and hit a race game? Most most of the time, season? yeah. It's very rare that, especially if I come down here in the season, it's rare that I'll come down here and we don't go to one. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite player on the Rays right now? Oof. Or the best? Either or. I think my favorite player right now is Brandon Lau, okay. second baseman. Um, but I think the best player on the Rays right now is... Dude, you got to ride the streakiness, and it's Randy Rosarena. Well, I mean, what has from, he done that's been impressive this year? I have. I mean, he's I he's hitting over three hundred, oh. uh, which is crazy good. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it, hitting over three hundred is well above average. Um, What's the average? The average is two sixty, probably. Oh, wow. I think is your average, and I think right now he's hitting like three hundred six or something like that's that. Crazy, yeah. um, but. He so he they had the World Baseball Classic this year, which is like your Olympics for baseball essentially. Yeah. Big world tournament and um, Randy Rosarena is Cuban, but he played for the Mexican national team because yeah. of, he defected from Cuba and I guess and has lived in Mexico for ever since he did. Um, he was granted uh, nationality in Mexico, so he was able to play for them and, and he tore it up. I mean, he hit like Japan won six bombs. Yeah, Japan did win okay. that one. Yeah, they beat the U.S. Yeah. In the championship. And actually, when that was going on, we were talking about how, uh, you know, what if Shohei Otani and Mike Trout were on the same baseball team? Like, they would be really good. They are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's almost like you know we haven't seen that. Exactly. Dude, talk about freak, freakish athlete, dude. Shohei. Yeah. Insane. One dude. one. 
Literally. I mean, I think when it's all when it's all said and done, if he stays healthy, I don't think he's gonna have the home home run numbers as Ruth, but when it comes to impact on the game, he's gonna be right up there. Yeah, top three. Top I mean, I think I mean it's him and Babe Ruth. I mean, he just doesn't get it better. Dude. The freak of nature. And then yeah. you see like the Japanese leagues. Too. Like growing as well. Baseball's um, a religion over there. It is. It's I, crazy. Trevor Bauer. Basketball too, as well. You know Trevor Bauer? The yeah, Trevor Bauer, yeah. Like, I, I don't know what happened to him. Like, was there like was he a controversial player? Yeah, so he, he got he got accused of um like I'd say like sexual abuse, but it was like domestic like physical, it was kind of like domestic, but it was like I guess it was sexual abuse. He got accused of it. He caught some charges. Um, and caught some charges. I, they ended up getting dropped. I don't know if he settled civilly, like with money or... Um, well, or this. He plays in Japan, and he has like a YouTube channel, and he yeah. like, does like a daily kind of vlog and stuff. And I was just curious, um, do you have like an international player that you that you fought like in another country mm-hmm. that plays? Not in, yeah, I don't maybe? necessarily have one. Um, there was a dude that played for Japan that in the World Baseball Classic who just raked. Who was the kid that got like he was like 16 or 18 he pitched for the Dominican Republic I think and he got signed by the Tigers immediately. Like he struck out three like future all-stars or, or uh, Hall of Famers or something like in a row. Dude, there was a exactly huge story did. about that. Dude, I cannot think of his name right now, but I know exactly who you're talking but about. But, like, isn't that crazy that dude, that happened? It's crazy, dude. Insane. It's crazy that something like that, it brings the whole world together. It's like the Olympics, dude. It brings yeah. the whole world together. And these kids that, you know, might play professionally or just starting their careers in these other countries now get on a national stage or a worldwide stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they get to perform in front of these major league teams. They could just get a call right after the game if they perform. And... Like you're also pitching against or playing against the top talent in the whole entire world. Yeah, and that's it's the same thing with soccer as well. When you see you know the World Cups only once every four years, and especially this last World Cup, you know you look at some of the opportunities that the World Cup provides. Some of these you know non-starters or just you know up and coming you know what we call wonder kids in soccer, and there were so they have a something called a transfer window, which is kind of like a trade deadline, and mm-hmm. and it's like a, a window to trade, and uh, you know. Whenever the World Cup ends, they legit call it the World Cup transfer window because there's so many players that go straight after the World Cup because of their performances. It's make or break in there. Exactly. It's like you're. It's like a big break, you know. It's like that's your chance to shine. Mm -hmm. You gotta seize it most of the time, especially if you're not starting for you know the team that you're playing for. It's a great way to go and show showcase your abilities. Yeah, and I I just now thought of this, kind of thinking of you know the players that I used to play with. Growing up playing football, I know you guys will appreciate it because you guys are uh, football fans, but um, I grew up and played with uh, Cole Strange. Really? He was the Patriots' oh, first-round draft pick last year. I didn't know this. Yeah, That's yeah. so cool. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny. The scar under my eye, I got it at his 15th birthday party. And where he lived funny. up in Tennessee? In Tennessee, yeah. We same high school and everything. That's yeah. so cool. Like, yeah. You told me stories about going to uh, some of like, T. Higgins basketball games. Yeah, dude. I, T. Higgins went, grew up in Knoxville. Um, and oh. Farragut was playing. Uh, he went to Oak Ridge High School. Uh, T. Higgins did. And Farragut was playing them in basketball in a region tournament or something like that. And uh, I went and 
I saw him play football three or four times in high school. Play, so play basketball. Dude, he was a better basketball player than a football player. Really? Insane. Wow. He's just a freak athlete. I hear dude. that most, if not all, NFL players want have always wanted yeah. to just be NBA mm-hmm. players. Like lot, they yeah. just can't. Yeah. Like, I what what would you say to that? I mean, obviously you've been around sports your whole life, but like. Have you ever, like, tried to pick up basketball yourself? Or, like, did you see, like, the translation and how it would be hard? Yeah, so I, I did play, like, a rec league basketball just for fun. You yeah. Know, my buddies play it, so I was like, yeah, I'll play. Um, but it was never anything that I pursued. You know, I yeah. wasn't in the gym running drills and all that. Yeah. It was just something fun to do yeah. once a week. Um, Brady's actually about to join a tournament of GT Bray in Bradenton. Oh, really? You have to buy in, but... They give you jerseys and all that. Yeah. And, uh, apparently, they go pretty hard. Huh. So, if anything, I'll get some videos. Yeah, for dude, for sure. I definitely want to see that. Um, dude, basketball, I think, dude, I shot, like, what, 9% from the field. <laughs> so dude, I, I was terrible. My free I, throw percentage is probably, like, 20. I, I'm probably right there with you. <laughs> yeah. and do you. Do you golf at all? or? Uh, so, I never used to. Um, and now that, you know, I'm not really into, I don't play any sports, like, competitively really anymore. Um, I did pick up golf a little bit with some of my buddies. Um, I'm sure there's beautiful courses in Tennessee. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. Closer to Nashville, uh, for sure. Uh, Knoxville has one or two. Um, they do actually play a, uh, I don't necessarily know the name of the tour, uh, but there's a PGA-sanctioned course in Knoxville. Mm. Uh, right there in Farragut, actually, where I live. Um, it's called Fox Den uh, Country Club. And they do run like a, a slow scale like pro am tournament there, um, like John Daly. Oh yeah, he he golfs in it every year. Um, so it's guys like that that you know aren't you know it's not you're going to be your Tiger Woods or your Phil Mickelsons or Roy McIlroy's in there, but you know yeah, there's still a lot of guys, guys that, out there. Yeah. Um, you know Tiger Woods is actually putting a golfing academy on University Parkway down in oh, Minnesota. Really? Yeah, huh. the construction's already built, and plus like there's apparently some massive aquarium going Dang. in there as well. It's supposed to be like some glass bowl. So huh. hopefully maybe the next time you're down here, yeah, dude. one of those two will be done. Yeah, it'll but be fun. I think about golf is such an expensive hobby. It is like it the is, clubs yeah. and just it's very fun though. It is. It is very yeah, yeah. fun. We're Frustrating. Talking about <laughs> brother Brady, yeah. He actually played for the Palmetto Golf Team for a little bit, huh. and um, he he always tells me it's like sixty percent mental patience. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like if you don't have that, then you're not gonna you're not gonna play yeah, well. You know. It's, and it's it's consistency. If you can consistently hit the ball square, you'll be fine. Yeah. No matter how hard you hit it, yeah. how far you hit it. If you can hit it straight, you'd be a great golfer. But it's easier said than done. Yeah, it is way <laughs> easier said yeah. than done. But uh, what's your favorite sports moment in history? Like, it, it can be any sport. You know, like, when you were growing up, maybe you saw... I think I'm partial to it because I am a race fan. Yeah. But uh, Evan Longoria's home run, game 162, to send him to the playoffs. Um, so, if you guys aren't familiar, if anyone's not familiar, it was 2011 or 12, somewhere around there. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was... They were to start September, so the season typically ends end of September, early October. To start September, they were thirteen games behind the Red Sox for the wild card spot, mm. and all throughout they just got hot. The Rays got hot in September, made up all the ground. They ended up tying the Red Sox, 
at game 161, and there's 162 games in the season. So last game of the season, um, last day of the regular season, we needed, because uh, they did hold the tiebreaker, we needed um, Baltimore to beat the Red Sox, uh, and then we needed, and we were the Yankees were in town. Um, oh, wow. And we needed to beat the Yankees. And the Yankees already had the division clinched, um, so they weren't necessarily playing on the starters. Well, they didn't. I think they, yeah, I mean, they weren't full staffed, I think, at starting lineup wise, but it's a ride. It's a division ride. They don't want yeah. to lose. Yeah, um, absolutely not. The race game ended up going into like 12 innings or something like that. We, had, we were down by. down by a certain amount of runs and this dude named Dan Johnson like the most common name <laughs> he ends up hitting a home run in the bottom of the ninth to tie it wow Dan uh, Johnson yeah what a name shout out <laughs> and uh, so he ends up hitting a home run in the bottom of the ninth we had 12th inning rolls around we're still tied it's like 8 to 8 um, Evan Longoria is about to come up to bat and uh, they're kind of going back and forth between Evan Longoria or the Rays game and then they're kind of checking in on the Baltimore Reds and Red Sox game and two, three minutes uh, before Longoria came up to bat the Orioles had walked off against the Red Sox and oh, won wow. so all we had to do is win and Longoria takes a low breaking ball and just like line drives it straight over the wall walk off home run to go into the playoffs dude that was Man. electric two walk offs so same cool. day yeah. yeah, like back-to-back walk-offs yeah. to It was It was crazy. Upsets. It was just crazy how it worked. I mean, they made up 13 games. In a month? In, yeah, 30, 31-day month, 30-day month. Wow. And it was, I think that, to me, that's one of my favorites. Um, Football-wise, um, Big Ben to San Antonio Holmes in the Super Bowl here in Tampa against the Cardinals. Yeah, okay. Rough one to watch for my man, Kurt Warner, but you know what? That was a beautiful Tell everyone throw. out there, both his feet were down. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah that was a clean catch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do the James Harrison pick six in that game, too. 100-yard pick six. That was just, that was just a, that was an exciting game, Oh, my too. gosh, it was awesome. Larry uh, Fitzgerald in the yeah, game, too. And then, dude, basketball. I don't follow NBA too much, so it's more modern-day stuff, boo, but uh, Kawhi's... I think a close second might be uh, Ray Allen's three when LeBron was at the Heat yeah. against the Spurs in the finals. Uh, that that shot from Kawhi, just watching it bounce those It's a great answer for basketball. Yeah, dude. That, I think it's literally called the shot. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of moments, dude, but that one is just... My favorite was just watching the Sixers in, entire season go down the go down the drain in one shot. Mm-hmm. JR, my favorite is when J.R. Smith didn't realize it. <laughs> oh my god! LeBron's like, he's like, yeah. what are There's you so doing? many memes of that dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he was. Didn't thinking. they end up losing that? They did. That series. They yeah. lost that series. Yeah, and then of course LeBron's chase down block in yeah. the finals. Oh yeah, blocked yeah. by James. That's, oh, that's also. Oh wow, that's also a great moment. Yeah. Basketball has a lot of really good moments, but yeah. also really a lot of bad moments because of officiating, especially. Yeah. You know, I, I know you're a Sixers guy. Yeah. How did you feel yeah. about 2003, Allen Iverson, that whole, <laughs> yeah. Dude. Shit, that whole finals thing apparently just being completely rigged. Dude, it's 
the more I look at it, it's like, you know, basketball just... It's sad to say, it might be the most easily, like, cheatable sport in the whole world. Like, I think like, officiating in basketball, yes, there's a rule book, and yes, there is black and white fouls. Yeah. But it's... Now it's so... It's so... Technical. To call a foul that could go either, it's so opinionated. You know, yeah. it's up to the ref whether they think that's a foul or not. Yeah. It's like it's like holding for an yeah. offensive lineman. You can call that play. You can call that every, every play. Yeah. Every play. Yeah. Every play. Every single play. Holding. And I feel like it's the same thing with you know charging and you know someone's driving in the paint and you know, all you have to do is fall down and yeah. you can get a charging call yeah. just like that. Yeah, and I think that's why they what they implemented that little arch down there in the paint. Yeah. This it's they still it's it's still borderline like yeah. Like they really yeah. just want people to just sit back and shoot threes, which that's fun. Like yeah. you'll get 120 point games that way, but like. I miss the days where, you know, Steve Nash was getting nasty you know, yeah. with the assists. And yeah, the bloody noses left yeah. and right and all that. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Like, that's actually basketball. Like, street mm-hmm. ball is more more basketball than I think the NBA is. But yeah, going to, like, Hyde Park in New York City and look at these dudes over here throwing bows and all this stuff. Or yeah. more like, like Euro League. Getting physical out yeah. there. Just, just look at the Euro League. So, Euro Leagues are a lot, a lot similar to old school NBA. Yeah. And you see, and I didn't grow up watching it. You know, I never really watched Victor, I'll, I mean, um, never watched um, Akeem Olajuwon live, but you know, just going back to watching you know, some of his highlights and Joel Embiid's the only person that can really mirror what he's done. Yeah. But uh, you know, paint work and you know what players can do in the paint, and you look at Akeem Olajuwon as the perfect, perfect, uh, just description as an agile big man. Yep. That's why you see a lot of these guys come over like uh, Luka Doncic. Yeah. You know, Jokic. Yeah. You know, all Jokic these guys. They, I mean, shoot, even Ricky Rubio when he came over. Porzingis. Yeah, Porzingis. All these guys, they come over and they dominate as soon as they get in here because it's more NBA, they're not used to it. Yeah. But then, you know, as they play years and years, you know, the NBA is like, all right, this is how this guy plays. You know, now we got to fix it. But, um, but yeah, man, it's. And that's. It's, NBA is just. To it's, me, it's. Got it's strange. Second. Sorry to uh, no, you're good. cut you off. Like, you're, I agree with you because, like, it seems like I agree with both of you. That it's more physical in like other leagues, like in Japan, like more, I, I'd say more like the Euros. Now. I'd say yeah. more like the Euros. Yeah, but like I feel like just in general, like this league has gotten so technical with like fouls and stuff because on these parlay bets, if you just go and look on some of these like betting apps, like there's millions riding on this one play. Yep. Like and it's just like I don't want it to ever taint sports, yep. but it's already kind of have, there's been evidence of it. Dude, when it comes yeah. to sports betting, because, you know, I'm 25, so, you know, I can sports bet, yeah. and all stuff, and it's... I'll send in some dude, lineups every now and dude, then. But Vegas like, knows. They, they know. know. Yeah. If an odds just looks too good to be true, it's too, it's too, too good, good to be true. Just don't take it. I. If they know, man. Gambling advice with, with the boys here. Don't, yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. just throw away your paychecks. Dude, Vegas knows. What's it's, the, I guess, now that we're on this topic... Have you ever like made a like a, a good amount of money off of a bet before? Um, more so a string of bets. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did the um, stair stepping kind of method. So where you you know you deposit ten dollars, and I did it as soon as the baseball season started because that's just what I know. Yeah. Um, that's what I feel confident in. So I threw ten dollars on a game, and it's all money line, and money line typically runs you know. Minus 110, plus 110, you know, underdog and favorite and all that stuff. So I would bet on that, and I would take, you know, what I put in plus my winnings, put it on a game the next day. Yeah. And just stair-step it up. And I ended up getting up to $500. Mm. 
Uh, wow. And then I cashed out because I'm like, all right, I don't. So I'm riding it. I'm just gonna leave it there. Yeah. That, that's how much money you won. But how much money have you lost? Like, what's the what's the biggest loss? Biggest loss. Biggest loss was probably on winnings. You know, I don't really ever bet more than ten dollars. Really. Yeah. Um, you don't be going crazy on UFC. <sighs> nope. I don't have the money to go crazy on UFC. UFC. Is but it's it's the it. it's the stair stepping stuff. You know, if I yeah. take ten dollars, I turn it into two hundred. You're winning. <laughs> I'm putting 200 on the next game to try to double that, and I lose. You know, yeah, it's $200. Exactly. But it's $200 that I never necessarily saw because it stayed in my uh, like factual account yeah, and all yeah, that stuff. So, uh, but, I mean, that's never a bad method, especially if you, like, know a sport to, like, a, a, a minimum level to where, like, you mm. can make safe picks. Exactly. Like, is Aaron Rodgers going to throw 250 today? Probably. Yeah. You know, probably take that over. Yeah. But or, I, you know, I was, I was don't bet like, on, you know, yeah. Kirk Cousins throwing five touchdowns exactly. on yeah. a 7 o'clock game. Yeah. It's terrible in prime time. Yeah. But there's also, but like, like, some sports that you that are a lot more safe to bet on. Like, UFC and boxing is just, when you step into a ring or an octagon, you know, there's a point where there, you know, there's, there are only so many odds, but, you know, when I, how I feel is when that bell rings, it's 50-50. Dude, it takes one it's punch. It's 50-50. Yeah, one no, the punch. one punch, one kick. Yeah. If exactly. you're betting on MMA or stuff like that, like... Really anything can happen. You're you're playing fast and loose. And, like, and basketball, unranked, yeah. I feel like it's relatively easy to catch a trend, but, like, sometimes it'll be a flop, but I... Yeah, LeBron might score 15 instead of 45. Yeah, yeah score 8. Then, then you know? it ruins the game, yeah. Exactly. Or, you know, you'll have, you'll have, excuse my language, I'm in Shumpert, you know, so yeah. like yeah. 32 yeah. points, and you're like, what? Yeah, how? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, it's just... What's your right football baseball. team you follow other than the Steelers? Are you a Buccaneers guy? Have you been paying any attention to the Bucks this, this offseason? Not much. Um, Are you excited for this potential quarterback controversy wait. between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask? It sounds like a... Like legit, like they're, a dumpster fire. They've, they've, not. they've got to ride Mayfield <laughs> for as long as they can. Uh, but I, we've had this conversation so many times, and before I start saying, is anyone start you? You have, you look like Baker Mayfield. Me? You have a <laughs> no, slight no resemblance to was, Baker Mayfield. Yes, Grow the beard out, Warren. Grow it out. And yeah. and you got Baker That's Mayfield. Really yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, back to what I was saying. You know, Kyle Trask. We drafted him. He's a second-round draft pick. He's one of the greatest Florida quarterbacks of all time. Put he really the, is. One of, put one, some of the craziest numbers. Just go look at his numbers. He probably is the best Florida quarterback since T- Tim Tebow, just based on number-wise. You can say Anthony Richardson, but he only started 13 games. And yeah. he, put, he didn't put up that, that good of numbers, yeah. to be honest. But it, I feel it, like you have to see what you got in Kyle Trask. But Baker is going to start week one. See, look at. I hate to say it. Some people just get drafted, and they just get in crappy situations. Mm. It's. Yeah, Brady retires. Kyle Trask, like, yeah, that's my time. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's sign Baker Mayfield. For five million bucks. And you, you get a guy yeah. who has playoff experience, Yeah. who has multiple years in the league experience, Yeah. who isn't necessarily terrible. No. He but can win terrible. The thing is, he can win you games, is what it is. You don't know if Kyle Trask can do that, but you're also not going to know unless you let him play. Yeah. But it's another situation like Matt Corral in Carolina. Yeah. You know, he sits behind Teddy Bridgewater. All this stuff. He's a good quarterback. Yeah, and, then, and then now they just drafted Bryce Young, who was probably going to start day one. You have to make him start. Yeah. You don't waste number one pick. I got slight concerns about Bryce Young. But oh, I mean, he's small. He's, he's tiny. He's Gro- tiny. Growing up in Knoxville. Yeah. 
he played in Alabama. Tennessee, Alabama play, play each other every year. You got to see. He did you is, ever see him play live? Or? I did one wow. year. I did uh, when he came into Knoxville what, two years ago. No. So he how long has he been starting? Three years. Yeah, started he's three years. Three years starter. Um, when the Heisman season. Yeah, dude, he is just. You know when you say and what makes an NFL quarterback great is their brain. You mm-hmm. know the talent's there, but you have to be smart. He's very crafty. Look at you know Brady is smart. Aaron Rodgers is very smart. You know, Philip Rivers was very smart. Matt Ryan was very smart. Yeah. Drew Brees is another one who's very smart. And Bryce Young has that brain, dude. That's who I think, like, if anything, that's who I think his ceiling could be like. Brees, like, yeah. Drew yeah. Brees, he has pretty much the same build. But the crazy thing is that ceiling, if you think about it. It's, an, you know, it's like Drew Brees was never, he's not going to be considered best ever, but. He's up there. He's top ten in my opinion. He is second all-time in passing yards. Just a sleeper. You know, it's just like, like, I mean, he's just a stat getter. I mean, granted, you know, he did have, you know, great weapons over the years. I mean, it's, so it's. But, like, you can't also, he had, he did have that, but you can't take it, like, use that as, like, a, a minus to him. No, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. If um, Bryce Young gets, if he, and uh, who's their head coach at Carolina now? Um, no, it's, uh. Frank Wright. Frank Wright, from yeah, Indianapolis. Yeah. I was going to say Matt Rule, but I realized he got fired. He's, like, known to be, like, a quarterback whisperer. Like he's a quarterback league. wizard, yeah. Like, what, do you, what are your expectations for Bryce Young? I know you get to see him play a lot. Um, like, I think he's going to – I think the biggest comparison, I think, to a young – like, a young quarterback that's in the league right now to him, I think he's going to play – his mobility reminds me of a um, Mahomes. Mm. Okay. Arm talent is going to be more so Justin Fields. Oh. So he's like, he could be like a smaller kind of Justin Fields. Do you think he's better than Kyler Murray, though? Because Kyler's like, we're seeing him struggle. Yeah. He's and a, even just to struggle to stay healthy. I think he was kind Kyler of Murray struggles. Didn't have good coaching either. Didn't have great coaching. Didn't have a great offensive line. Yeah. Um, and you're never going to be successful if you can't stay off the ground. Yeah. So to me, it's like, like situation in Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett comes in, not running the, around. Not the best start. Didn't have the best start, uh, but didn't necessarily have a veteran offensive line. Didn't no. necessarily have a great offensive line. And they signed some offensive linemen in the uh, in the off season. They drafted two of them. Yeah. So it's. And his final, uh, like, seven starts, he had, like, seven touchdowns, yeah. three picks. Like, so there's promise there. He has uh, upside. But, Kind of reminds me, me of Big Ben, too. Yeah. So you're, yeah Young Big Ben. Just, yeah, a little faster. Yeah, a little faster. Maybe uh, a little less... Uh, fat. <laughs> a little less meat on him. Yeah, a little less chunky. Um, but, no, I think that uh, if you have the number one pick and you put it on a quarterback and you don't have a veteran quarterback for him to sit behind, he has to start day one. I agree with that. Because yeah. you don't draft a young quarterback without the, someone to mentor him. And they have that. And with, not let him start. With Mitchell Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph's been a quality backup for yeah. like he's, six years. He, like, yeah, he's played for uh, – he just renewed his contract yeah. with yeah. the Steelers. Same with yeah. Mitchell Trubisky. Like, I, I think they're talking about re-signing him. He's yeah, not they a did. bad they backup. Did, they ended up re-signing him. But yeah. as a starter, yeah. you know, he's the only, just, like – Bad thing I have about you know 
And we were talking about your quarterbacks running for their lives. I mean, Kyler Murray quite literally tore his ACL last year running for his life. You look at the play where he, was, where he tore his ACL, it's because his pocket collapsed and he was running out right and he just fell. Yeah. Like, it's just, you have, you have guys like, you get guys like Bryce Young, you get guys like Kenny Pickett, especially Justin Fields. We're seeing that now more than ever with Justin Fields. You have to protect your, your merchandise. Yeah. You're making an investment on a quarterback, such a high risk. be worth exactly. what Mahomes is worth, a yeah. billion dollar yeah, man. It could be your entire yeah. franchise, and you're going to jeopardize that because you don't want to go get an O-line to go protect yeah. him. I got a question for both of you guys. Who wins MVP this year? This year, MVP? Mm. I, give me your favorite and a dark horse. Dark for... Oof. Okay. I'll go with my dark horse first. I'm gonna say. Hmm. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Bijan Robinson on the Falcons. I think he's just a monster. Yeah. And my dark horse is gonna be another running back, Jameer Gibbs. I'm a Lions fan, and yeah, I think yeah. he's the second best running back out yeah. of the draft. Yeah, he's you said, you said offensive player of the year or MVP? MVP. And it's gonna go to an offensive player yeah, 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 most yeah. of the time. Um, running dark, backs are there though. Dark horse. I say Justin Fields. Mm. Um, my favorite for MVP is Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Those two just didn't he get it last year? Uh, no, Patrick Mahomes won it over him. Yeah. He was, in my opinion, he was supposed to get it, but just because of the crazy numbers that Patrick put up and a little bit of bias from me, because I'm a big Jalen guy, and yeah, I just I really wanted to How see about him in that. Well, no my, one said Justin Jefferson yet. Which my favorite, Aaron Rodgers. With the Jets has an emergence there. In in a new location. He's out from under the coaching that he was in. He's got the reigning offensive rookie of the year, yeah. Garrett Wilson. He's got, you know, Sas Gardner on the defense. I mean I like Robert they're, they're, Salah. They're on the run. He's they're on the good, up. He's a good coach. And, and they got Brees Hall. Brees Hall is nasty. Stud. He's so fast. Uh, so like, I actually want to ask you, second time I've heard it today that the coaching in Green Bay has been the problem ever since Matt LaFleur got there. I heard that. I was watching, like, Speak for Yourself with uh, LaShawn McCoy yeah. and stuff, and they were talking about how they don't trust Matt LaFleur. Sounds like you don't either. Two 13-3 seasons back-to-back, and they don't get to the Super Bowl? I think it's – that was Aaron Rodgers' team. It was. And when you have a coach come into a team that already has that veteran quarterback – and that whole like the whole it, roster was so good though. Yeah, and it's it's a whole you know Ty Lue and with the Lakers mm-hmm. when LeBron comes in, you know it's you can only do so much yeah. with that much talent. You know they're gonna do what they're gonna do. Yeah, you have your plays, you have your offense, but like realistically, when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers who's very hard headed, you know he wants it his way. Yeah, he has the playbook of plays he's got to follow. Yeah. But more than likely, Rodgers is picking those plays. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And if you're not willing to, like, give him the reins completely, mm-hmm. which I feel like the Jets right now are because they, they need to win they something. To, yeah. They and they got, they got a good head coach, you know, a smart-minded head coach in Robert Salah, and I feel like, especially the same thing with Brady, when you have those guys who have been in the league long enough and are definitely considered, you know, some of the greatest of all time, you have to trust them. You, you let really them do their to. thing. That, yeah. He's been playing in the league longer than Robert Salah has been a head coach. So, and that's why I think that I think Lafleur tried to step in. He did, mm-hmm. yeah, because they are having great seasons, but they're not winning 
Super the Bowls. meaningful game. They're not winning Super Bowls. The and championship it's, game. The Super Bowl. Yeah, game. and that's when it, maybe LaFleur had got kind of a little fire lit up under his ass from like ownership saying, mm-hmm. we got to do something. we got to win. We can't just keep getting to this point. Mm-hmm. Stop it. He might have tried to step in and say something. Roger's like, hey, come on. So like kind of like a Belichick and like Robert Kraft yeah, situation. Exactly. With the yeah, I think they just pushed him out. Yeah, that's or, obviously that's my opinion. Obviously, I don't. We don't know. Yeah, none of us in there. Speculation. But, um, but no, I I think that Aaron Rodgers is now free to do what he wants, mm-hmm. and that's just going to be great. That's mm-hmm. Like what he is, I mean, he's he fantastic. A way better offense with the Jets now than he did with the Packers yeah, and last he got, year. Um, yeah, yeah. Lazard. Lazard. Yeah, and he got Randall Cobb. Cobb's there. And now he has Garrett um, Wilson. Garrett yeah. Wilson. I mean, that's Braxton Berrios. Hall. Brees Hall. Offense to be uh, Uzama, who was yeah, on Uzama. the Bengals yeah. Super Bowl season. Um, they, have, they have some weapons there. And, you know, now, you know, this also kind of begs the question, like, are they going to keep Aaron there for two, three years, and then Zach will get a start in three years, Zach Wilson? I, I or is he legit years. done? You, you have to. Or is he done? You have to figure out, do the math. You have to sit down with Rodgers, ask him, realistically, how, how much you got left. Mm. You let him play there as long as he wants to because oh, he's, yeah. he's earned it. Yeah. Figure that out. And then now go to the drawing board in college and be like, all right, which one of these quarterbacks is going to be available in the draft when he's kind of on the way out? Yeah. And do the research there. Whether it's, you know, because they're going to be good. They're not going to get great, great draft picks for the next two or three years. Yeah. They're going So you need pitches. to do the research of trading up for picks to get, you know, top quarterbacks in the class. And a replacement. And I don't think Zach Wilson's the answer, dude. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it sounds like you're for sure done with him. Like, potentially USFL guy. Exactly. Yeah. I think so. That'd be would good be, for him, It would right? be great. Like he could go. Be, I think it'd be great for the league. Yeah. Because he's not bad. He's not. Like, mm-hmm. he has, he's a good quarterback. I just, just don't think his, stinks in his the NFL. game did not transfer over well. No. And honestly, I didn't think it would. But I yeah. feel like they came to Knoxville. When he was in, at BYU, yeah. they came to Knoxville. Yeah. Whooped ass, dude. Mm-hmm. They came in Knoxville and beat Tennessee. And that was his senior year. You know, your Heisman candidate year, like all this stuff. Doesn't transfer over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This little mo- mobile quarterback. Um, yeah, but he had flashes of it. Like when he you was, see, you saw this pro day, which is the only reason why I feel like he got drafted. That one throw. Was, it was that one because throw he was made. rolling out left, yeah. backwards, and then flicked the ball like eighty yards. It was, that was like one of the craziest throws you I've know, ever seen. No pads, but just pajamas. Yeah. And I know, like what we said earlier, is you know, mental. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have that brain for an NFL exactly. quarterback, you will never be good. And one of my favorite sayings is, you know, talented enough, and it just shows so prevalently with, with Zach Wilson. He's probably the biggest draft bust of all time. Mm, like, no, like, people are putting him over Jamarcus Russell, Ryan Leaf. Leaf. No, he has worse stats than Jamarcus Russell, bro. Eesh. Like, worse stats. Oh, yeah, I did see that, yeah. Like, that's, in, like, that's hard. 19 yeah. touchdowns and, like, 27 picks. Like, yeah. you're, t- you're you're terrible. Yeah. yeah. And if he came in, if Zach Wilson came in the league in, like, 04, 05, he would have been, like, they would have literally cut him after his rookie year. Yeah. Yeah. They would have released you. I saw something like, about, you know, greatest college quarterbacks the other day, and, you know, we were talking about, you know, some, some guys who throw a lot of picks. Jameis Wilson, Jameis Wilson. Jameson. Jameson Winston wasn't even on the top ten. And if you look at some of his some of his college stats, he's, like, one of the greatest college players of all time. Dude, and college quarterback-wise, if you don't have Tim Tebow, 
in your mm-hmm. top three. No, yeah, yeah. He might be number he one. You're, yeah, I, I, in my, he's number one in my opinion. But yeah, if you don't have the top well. three, then your top ten is about, in mm-hmm. my opinion. But yeah. I feel like Jameis also deserves that top three spot. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Cam well. Newton. Benjamin. Um, mm-hmm. Reggie Bush. Yeah, I know Matt Leinart wasn't good in the That's NFL, good. but he was a good, like, he was really good for uh, USC, I believe. Yep. He was a lefty as well. Yep. Like, interesting, interesting, like, college football, I'm not, I'm not very well versed in it, but you see so many, like, great talents that just, like, you're like, where the hell did that guy yeah. go? He's not dude, in the NFL. College football is another world, dude. And I get, you know, in Tampa, this area, St. Pete, you know, you don't have these big, you have yeah. USF. Which is, like, and like they're, yeah, they're what American Conference or something like know. that. I, we I don't know. even know. Yeah. I know and and so, and but going to Minoxidil, you have SEC, dude. That's like, yeah, big time college football, and it is, dude. You all, to see all the stadiums, hundred thousand plus people, mm-hmm. and the best prospects. The whole town there. shuts down on Saturdays, dude. It's nuts. Yeah, you I got, I got to go to at least yeah, one of those kind of dude, games. Man. Sea of just orange everywhere, and. It is. What's the college team you represent? Tennessee. Tennessee. University of Tennessee. Yep. How did you feel about Hendon Hooker to the Lions? Yes, sir. We're big Lions. Dude, I like it, man. I love it. It gives him an opportunity because Jared Goff is good enough. I think he's good enough to get you the playoffs, you know, stuff like that. But if and he's got experience, yeah, which is good. And if Hendon Hooker can sit there, dude, Hendon Hooker's a genius, dude. He's smart. He is, yeah. Like Josh Dobbs when he was uh, at Tennessee, and then mm-hmm. he ended up now he's just backup quarterback, kind of bouncing between Career teams. Career backup, yeah. The dude was a uh, aerospace engineering what? major, so and he interns with NASA in the off season. Like he is a genius. Wow. Do I have a hooker? No, uh, Joshua Dobbs. Dobbs. That's insane. And he looks like a genius. Yeah, he yeah. Guy, yeah. You know, yeah. You know what uh, I mean. And Hendon Hooker is another one of those dudes. I mean, he's not as smart, but he's another one of those dudes who's very. Um, Methodical in everything he does, and he's mm. humble. Uh, he's just smart. He's scary smart. Like you have those guys that are just different. I think in the locker room, he's just—it's mm. almost scary how locked in he gets on game days. And it's like, don't just let him do his thing. Yeah. You know? Do you think he would have won the Heisman if? Oh my gosh, no doubt. I, I think mean, so he missed well. out on what? A couple weeks. Two, two, three games. Yeah, I think it was like three, almost. And that's those two or three games when Caleb Williams like shined. Yeah, we we faced Notre Dame, and I I turned that game off. Yeah, and I think if Hendon Hooker would have stayed in, we would have. Tennessee would have beaten South Carolina. They would have continued. They would have gone on to the um, playoffs. SEC. Georgia would have gone to the SEC championship. They definitely would have made it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Y'all got y'all got killed by South Carolina. I remember yeah, that, that game. Spencer that was, Rattler. Spen- like, Spencer Rattler had like the best game of his career. Yeah, he had like five hundred yards or something. Do you Dude, think like, five he's gonna get drafted? Rattler? Yeah. He's coming on next year, right? Yeah, he'll be a senior next year. I heard that he has like really big no, ego issues. He like, does. Yeah. He, well, he was at Oklahoma. And he got like I saw a video of him saying, "I don't give a." F about my team. Give me the yeah. ball. Like, something like that. Because, I mean, when he got recruited to college, he was, like, number one quarterback recruiter. So, some some top recruit coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that must obviously goes straight to your head. You know, and he gets there. Day one, he's a starter at Oklahoma. Wow. He comes in. Or maybe he sat behind Jalen Hurts for a year or something like that. And he comes in and does really well through the spring. First few games of the season, great. Heisman favorite, all this stuff. Then he throws five interceptions in one game. 
changes everything. And it changes everything, dude. He starts trying to, because the minute you throw an interception, your stock, like, I feel like yeah, your, your stock goes down, down. but mentally you want to correct that. Yeah. So you try to force passes, and that's when you throw another one. Because you get blind. You say, all right, I'm going to try to score right here. I'm going to throw a touchdown. You get blind to, oh, that guy has triple coverage on him, you know? <laughs> yeah. Next thing you know, the ball's coming right back at you. Yeah. So, what like, what would you project him to be in next year's draft? First round? No. Do you think he has first round I talent? think he's a... Uh, like a hand and hooker? I think like he's a top three, top three round guy. Okay. Dep- depending on this year. Right now, I think yeah. he's a top three round guy. Who does uh, he play for now? South Carolina? He's South Carolina, Carolina. yeah. Okay. So he left for kind of a smaller school, right? In a sense. Yeah, you know, like Oklahoma's a big-time college football program. It's Big 12. But is going to the SEC where competition's a little harder. So do Defenses you think, are a lot better. Do you think maybe some players would make a switch just to, like, ease up on the competition to show the yep. tape off? And yeah. do you think scouts are going to be like, ah, I don't like that. I don't like that yeah. move. Why don't you stick in with the big boys, you know? Yeah. Um, so to me, I think going to the SEC, yeah, he went to a little bit of a smaller school than Oklahoma, but he's still playing Georgia every year. He's still yeah. playing Tennessee. He's still playing Florida. He's playing Alabama. You know, all these teams that... So it's not much of a difference in a the sense. The competition, I think, is better. Oh, okay. The inner team competition, though, might... Like, he has, like, six slouch games a year, probably. Yeah, yeah. And it's, to him, it's like... He went to a program where he doesn't have much competition for his position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the backup's not going to challenge Exactly, him. yeah, yeah. Uh, so he can afford to make those kind of mistakes and he'll, grow from them. He doesn't them. have to worry about it because yeah. he probably is locked into that spot. And I feel like that was the same thing with what two his brother did when he left Alabama. Yeah. yeah. And he went to Maryland? Yeah, went to Maryland. Yeah. Is he, when's he coming out of the draft? Next year? Next year. He's a senior next, yeah, year. next year. Is he good? Any good? No. I don't know. Not from the games that I've watched. I don't, I don't the NFL guy? Potentially. Possibly. Yeah. I, and I think potentially because of his name. Mm-hmm. It's gonna get yeah. viewers. It's gonna like you know yeah. draw money because you know you have the Tagovailoa name. You know it's um, that'd be cool if you could maybe you know sometimes especially feel like we talk about pitchers and like quarterbacks especially a lot this episode kind of like the captain of not the, the captain but the mo- one of the most important spots on each of like the sports teams. Yeah. You know I mean you're controlling the game. The game is in your hands. Yeah. So. And like when you have guys like Spencer Rattler and. Now, um, to his brother, what's his first name? Tuolia or something. Yeah, Tuolia. Like when they make that change in college and go to like lesser competition schools, smaller schools, they're still playing like good teams and stuff, obviously. But do you think it's smart for those kind of guys to go into these alternative leagues like the XFL, USFL, to like hone in on their game and and, and use that as a platform? And we were talking about a catalyst to the yeah. next level. I think the best way to, like you said, be it have that catalyst to the next level is um, field time. Mm-hmm. Go where you can play the most. Yeah. In-game experience. I mean, granted, you know, you might go to a smaller school like you know, you change from Alabama to Maryland. Yeah, you're not gonna have much competition for quarterback in Maryland, but he's getting on the field. He's getting experience. Reps, you know? He's getting reps. Whether or not scouts see that, oh, your competition wasn't great, so we don't necessarily feel comfortable drafting you. Mm-hmm. But then you go to the USL, the XFL, you know, you have slightly better competition. You know, ex-NFL guys, guys that were borderline being drafted or got signed as free agents and cut, you know, yeah. stuff like that. They'll see that, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, I think it's better. A couple it, of names. Um, Tua 
Tau of uh, the running back for Nevada. I think I just butchered his name completely. Um, he's just got signed by the Michigan Panthers. Caden Davis. I don't know if you ever remember. The, uh, you know Corey Coleman, right? Yeah. Corey Coleman plays Corey in Coleman. the USFL. Um, like we were talking about Vinny Papali, uh, Vincent Papali's yeah. son. Uh, Fat Thaddeus Moss. Oh, yeah. Randy Moss's son. Yeah. Uh, Penny Sewell's brother. Penny Sewell, Gabriel Sewell Jr. Uh, and you look at Gabriel Sewell to Penny, Gabriel is... Yeah. And you can just tell yeah, he didn't get him. the NFL body. Yeah. He's still one of the best linebackers in the USFL. Yeah. Um, but, like, what would you say in regards to, like, if you're... Ruben Foster as well. Ruben Foster, former he's first round pick. Yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, he's in the, he plays for the Pittsburgh Maulers. Oh, really? In the USFL, yeah, they have probably the cleanest uniforms, in my opinion. But he's, like, in the top five PFF-graded players for the league right now. He's been stellar. But what would you say to, like, I guess highly touted prospects that, you know, in college stuttered. Now, like, they have these other opportunities to, like, you, you were talking about get game reps, get in-game experience, yeah, yeah. but, like, what do you think, it like, other opportunities arise from that for, like, the referees, the coacher, the coaches, and stuff like that? What, what are your thoughts? Like, you know, like, so, like, they don't get the opportunity to go pro, but, like... Yeah, no, like, well, like, actually... Nine out of the twelve referees refing these games in the US Bell are getting jobs in the NFL this upcoming season. Huh. Coaches like there's a coach like two years older than me. He's the defensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Maulers, and his dad's the head coach. Oh, um, yeah, no, it's like yeah, really. Dude, like, I mean, I think the best way to find coaches for some of those teams like that is to get someone fresh out because they're the around the same age as yeah. some of these guys playing, and they, they have the same love for the game. Yeah. They know them better. The players might not necessarily respect them as much because they're the same age. You know, like, I'm not going to listen to some guys younger than me or as old yeah. as me type thing. Um, but when it comes to player relation-wise, I think that's the best route to go. But I, I know, like, I've I've had some old heads as my coach, and you know, I've had some I've had some young younger coaches, and it's always seemed like, you know, I've again, like you were saying, like you listen to the old heads, but. Like, when it comes down to it, who I really want to talk to, like, who I really want coaching me was always, like, the younger coaches. Yeah. It, it always seems like, because I feel like I had more in common with them. Like, I feel like I could, I could relate to them more. Yeah. Dude, I had a pitching coach in high school. Uh, his name was Kyle Walter. He, he went to Fairgate High School, graduated in 2003, uh, and then got drafted straight out of high school, first round. Oh, my. Uh, wow. By the Minnesota Twins, I believe. And... He played minor league ball. He played a few years in the majors. Um, and right towards the tail end of his major league career was right about when I was starting to get to high school. Um, and then he had Tommy John surgery and just kind of came back to Fairgate to uh, where his family lived to uh, rehab a little bit, get the throwing program back, and it just never felt the same. So he decided to just join our coaching staff. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it was cool just to get input for someone fresh out. Yeah. Um, he taught me a few pitches, um, taught me different mechanics uh, that ultimately helped me. You know, not necessarily mechanics that he had, but mechanics that he picked up on from veterans in the league and stuff like that, you know. Because all these young guys, you go in the leagues and you just you want to get all the info you can from these guys that have been there for 20 years. Attain as much knowledge like, you, as possible. Like, how do you stay good over 20 years, you know? Yeah. So, that's the it, rest it was cool. So, get, 
getting inf- input from someone fresh out of any league uh, to coach you, I think, is it's important. most important. And then the older guys are going to give you your your life lessons because they've been through it already. Yeah. And had a longevity in the career. But someone that played a few years uh, can at least give you those type of um, in-game experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But, I mean, I really appreciate you for letting us do this. I guess yeah, the dude. last question I, I would like to ask you is um, – to all of our listeners out there, what's like one thing you would want them to know, like a message from you to, to them out there? Yeah. From South Korea um, to West Africa and Belgium and stuff. We have people everywhere listening. Yeah, dude, that's that's incredible, dude. I mean, I'm happy for y'all that you got all these listeners and everything. And uh, you're more than welcome to come on anytime. Yeah, dude, I'd please. love to. I'd love to. It's been fun. Um, but really just uh, from my experiences, you know, I, I thought I had a uh, – a route for my career, you know, sports and all that stuff. That's what I grew up knowing. Um, then, you know, life happens. Yeah. Uh, you can't let it discourage you and all that stuff, you know, find all this stuff. And, uh, you know, quitting baseball and everything, I moved back home. I uh, started uh, dating a childhood crush and everything, got engaged. And, and hey. you know, li- life comes at you fast, but uh, embrace it. When is know. the wedding, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, in October of this oh. year. Wait, is it going to be in so. Tennessee? Yeah, we'll be up in Townsend, up in the mountains. It'll be really pretty. Dude, so. I'm going to try and get there if you don't mind. I'll just come and crash it. Wow. We'll do a little podcast. And oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> why not? Yeah, that's all I do in the reception, dude. <laughs> oh, gosh. You would probably sleep on the couch that night. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, seriously. But definitely, uh, man. That sounds awesome. But yeah, you guys, it's been fun. Thank you for coming yeah, I'd on. I'd love to come back. Giving us your time, seriously. Yeah, of course. And maybe we can do like a raise episode. Yeah, dude. Talk about it, their dude. season or maybe yeah. if you want to. If you really want to, you can get a mic for yourself, and you can I'll give you the password, and you can start doing some Rays episodes if you'd like. Talk about baseball. Yeah. Still be around the game. Talk about yeah. it. That'd be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, man. But uh, thank you, seriously. Yeah, of course. For thank you, guys. Coming on. Really awesome. Yeah. Caden, anything you wanted to say? Uh, just, hey, make sure you tune in to the next episode. Uh, watch the Rays game, and uh, make sure you tune in to the Tampa Bay Rowdies game tomorrow night. And I'd also like to say a shout-out to Caden's Grammy for letting us use her back patio for the little recording studio for today and we do apologize for like the nature sounds and stuff hopefully it was aesthetically pre- uh, pleasing but yeah well sleep sounds yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might be asleep right now who knows but thank you everyone for listening and take care peace